Weird AF News, where we've got your daily dose of weird. Chernobyl tourism is booming thanks to an HBO miniseries. The Baltimore mayor, Jack Young, suggests public boxing rings to end street beefs. And in Bengal, a man goes on a fast in front of his girlfriend's house until she finally agrees to marry him. These are the weird stories for Thursday. This is Jonesy, the host of Weird AF News. This is the only weird news podcast hosted by a comedian. I hope you enjoy it. Let's get into some of the stories. Chernobyl tour operators say that business is booming thanks to the HBO miniseries Chernobyl. I don't even know anyone was doing nuclear power plant meltdown tours. Seems a little risky to me. Tourism is reportedly thriving at one of the world's most infamous disaster sites. Tour operators near the Chernobyl nuclear plants say they're seeing increased demand of up to 40% over last year's numbers. They're crediting the boost to the release of HBO's Chernobyl miniseries. Here's a quote from one of the tour guides, Victoria Brosko. Many people come here. They ask a lot of questions about the TV show, about all the events that took place. People are getting more and more curious about Chernobyl. Sergi Ivanchunk, the director of Solo East Tours, said that bookings in May, when the series began airing on HBO, surged 30% over last year. And for June, July, and August, 40%. Itineraries offered by these local Chernobyl tour companies include guided bus trips into the exclusion zone, stops in abandoned villages near Chernobyl, and then sightseeing within the town, which itself contains memorials and the robotics used to clear hazardous materials following the disaster. They can also stand outside the fourth reactor, now covered by a new safe confinement structure. Oh yeah, go ahead, stand outside the fourth reactor. I don't know what the importance is of the fourth reactor, but I'm going to guess that standing near it isn't really good for your health. But you know, people are into different shit, whatever. You want to go hang out in an exclusion zone? <laughs> Go right ahead. It's your body. Do it. Do you ever see that uh, series Dark Tourism? David Farrier actually goes on a uh, nuclear meltdown tour in Japan. It's pretty. It's pretty fascinating. <laughs> like, this is some dangerous tourism. I mean, you know. I mean, I like weird stuff. I do. I just came back from the deep desert where it was basically the hills have eyes going on. I was definitely afraid for my life at one point. But still, that doesn't even come close to going to a place where there was a nuclear meltdown, where there's still probably high, high, very dangerous levels of radiation all around your face. Right? Although, you know, some people are saying it's not as bad as you think. One of the tour guides says that during the entire visit to the Chernobyl exclusion zone, you get around two microsieverts. Microsieverts? Severts? That must be some kind of radiation term. But basically, uh, this person is saying that this is equal to the amount of radiation that you'd actually get staying at home for 24 hours. Am I supposed to believe that? Are we supposed to believe that? Listen, you can't fool me, Chernobyl tour guide. It benefits you. It behooves you to say things like that. I don't know if I trust it. How is it the same amount of ra radiation I get staying on my couch? I don't believe you. The Chernobyl exclusion zone. Get out of my face with this fiction. The 1986 explosion at the Chernobyl nuclear plant in the Ukraine sparked a widespread environmental disaster, in case you didn't know. 30 workers died. 
The accident exposed millions in the region to dangerous levels of radiation and forced a wide-scale permanent evacuation of hundreds of towns and villages in the Ukraine and Belarus. There are varying estimates for the final death toll from Chernobyl due to the long-term effects of radiation. And then this paragraph is very morbid, and I'm not going to read it. <laughs> so I'm going to save you that. But just know this is not a safe thing uh, that you're getting into if you're going to go toward this place. It can't be. I mean, they're saying that it is, but I just don't believe them. I really don't. And I think if you're taking a Chernobyl tour, you know, I think you might want to. All right, look, if you're do... just don't take your children, okay? Go, go alone. Don't endanger anybody else. We don't know the danger of the exposure to this kind of shit. I'm not going to lie. I'd be open to doing it. I'd be open to it. But I want one of those ticking, what do they call them, Geiger counters? I want one of those counters on me at all times so I can level, I can read the level of radiation of everywhere I'm going. Like, I got to take a shit. What's the level of radiation on this toilet? <laughs> it's like, beep, 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 beep. I'm like, no, I'm not shitting here. <laughs> I need to go elsewhere. I haven't watched the series, Chernobyl. Have you guys seen it? I haven't seen it yet. I'm interested. I'll watch it. Although I got a thing with uh, sad documentaries. I don't know. They kind of get to me. Um, but, you know, it's really difficult to find a happy documentary. In fact, I made a YouTube sketch video about a couple trying to find a happy documentary. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty funny. You can see it on my YouTube channel. Funny Jones. All right. I'm sorry. I don't mean to just pimp out my own shit on here. But daddy's got to pay the bills, baby. The Baltimore mayor, Jack Young, is suggesting public boxing rings to end street beefs. Baltimore Mayor Jack Young is a suggestion on how the city could help end street beefs. Is there a lot of street beefs in, in Baltimore? Yeah, I had to move out of Baltimore. There's too many street beefs. <laughs> well, anyways, he's suggesting that they have a public boxing ring set up to end these street beefs. You know, gun violence is something that has been plaguing this city for 10 years, he said at a rally against gun violence. And you know, the murder rate in this city and non-fatal shooting rate in this city has increased. I'm not happy with it and neither should the citizens of Baltimore. I have a solution. Oh yeah, what's your solution, you brilliant mayor? <laughs> There's mediation. You know, if you really want to settle these disputes, you know, you can have them down at the Civic Center. We'll put a boxing ring up and just let them box it out. <laughs> the, best the best man win and the beef should be over, he said. Those are some of the things I've been thinking about. Hoping we can get these people to put their guns down. Sorry to tell you, Mr. Young, but your idea is stupid and it's not going to get people to put their guns down. <laughs> it's, it's almost like a cartoon. It's a hilarious thing that you're suggesting. I would have thought that I'd read this in The Onion, but no, apparently you're seriously suggesting boxing. Unbelievable. It's still violence, you dummy. A. <laughs> B, people that are settling their beefs with gun violence, they're doing so because their their aim is to really send a message and to kill somebody. And boxing, the option of boxing doesn't, it doesn't meet their end goals. So, aka, none, none of these people that are having beef are going to come to you and be like, hey, we, we decided we want to box it out, you know. He murdered my number one man and stole my drugs. But we're gonna uh, we're gonna box it out. We decided, <laughs> like this isn't happening, you idiot. 
Somebody that works for the mayor added that a place for kids to get aggression out could work to curb the crime. Here's a quote. Anything that can kind of get rid of that aggression people have is really beneficial. Granted, they're still putting their hands on each other, but it's a controlled environment. They know what's going on. Oh, you're you're going to get kids to beat the shit out of each other in a ring? Oh, it is a controlled environment, so. <laughs> yeah. How about you, like, take violence out of the whole equation as your solution? I mean, shouldn't that be your goal? Shoot for the moon first. Let's shoot for, like, being reasonable, nonviolent human beings first before, <laughs> like, I mean, this is stupid. I mean, that's just my opinion. I've never been in charge of a city before, so, I mean, who, do, who what do I know? Maybe this would work. My inclination is to say, not gonna work. <laughs> but I'm not very smart. I do enjoy boxing, though. I mean, this would be... Here's where it would work. I mean, the community would be very entertained. That's for damn sure. Because we know how much people love watching fights on YouTube. So this would be... You could stream live stream this shit out and we'd all be into it. Yeah, you could... You could gamble on it, you know. <laughs> I see a future in it, but I just don't think it's going to be your... Your solution to gun violence, that seems a little bit of a stretch to me. But, uh, you know, what about if we go the nonviolent route and let's have them do like they do a roast battle? That's how they figure out who wins the beef. Just roast each other. Just <laughs> best jokes win. Maybe that's just because I'm a comedian. I'm going to suggest that, but, you know, I'm just trying to go away from the violent thing. Here's a story about love you might find just. So inspiring. West Bengal. A man goes on a fast in front of his girlfriend's house and finally convinces her to get married. It's a popular stereotype that Bengal is a land of rallies, processions, and dharnas. D-H-A-R-N-A-S. I don't know what those are. Let's look it up. Oh, it's a nonviolent sit-in protest, which may include fasting. And it's usually undertaken at the door of an offender. <laughs> okay. Helpful. So far, such things were mainly seen for political or social activities, where a group of individuals took that path to ensure their message reaches a larger section of the people. But darner and fasting for getting back love is rarely heard of. Though this is precisely what happened in Dupguri, where Ananta Berman was in a relationship with a girl named Lepika for the last eight years, but recently Lepika had stopped all communication with him, a.k.a. ghosted him. She had virtually become incommunicado over the phone. Sensing something was amiss, Ananta did some digging and found out Lepika's family is looking to get her married elsewhere. The prospective, prospective groom was about to visit Lepika's home. Sensing that he had little time to get back his love, Ananta started a fast comdarna, he did a dharna in front of Lepika's house from Sunday on. This is so romantic. He was carrying a sign that was written with the words, Give back my eight years. Soon people got wind of this unique dharna and came out in support of Ananta. Meanwhile, the family of the guy who was set to marry Lepika also arrived on the same spot. Police reached the Darna location as well, but they couldn't stop Ananta from keeping his fast to get back his love. As the hours went on, Ananta's health worsened and he was rushed to the hospital. Oh my goodness. He starved himself to the point where he was rushed to the hospital. All for love. Man. You see that? Finally. Well, it worked. Lapika agreed to marry her old boyfriend, Ananta. 
And after intervention from locals, her family also came around to the idea as well. Ananta and Lapika got married instantly and went to a local mandir to complete all rituals. Mandir, that must be like a pastor, right? This is so inspiring. I mean, I, I'm, I won't do anything for love, really. I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying I won't do anything. I mean, if I go to your house in person to like try to get you back, that's a big step. I think that's the kind of world we live in now in the U.S. Where the classic idea of romance comes off as being cheesy. People think they're above it, too. You know, and I kind of buy into that, too. I think it's a little cheesy, right? But, the, you know, there's something to be said about starving yourself at the doorstep of the one that you love. Typically, if you do that now in a modern city like L.A., if I was to do that, there would be a restraining order slapped on me so quickly. be out of control. I'd be, you'd be arrested, really. But it's nice to know there are some places in the world where this is looked on as, like, so romantic and where love can thrive on these these little these what seem like little efforts but they're actually quite big efforts in my culture it almost seems like the more effort you put into the romance the more you turn off the parties involved is that am i wrong on that i don't know what do you guys think it's even like with it it trickles all the way down to like simple dating and dating apps if you look a, if you look too interested or that you're even above average interested, it'll turn somebody off. Now, you would think that someone would want you to show that you were really, really interested in being with them and spending time with them. But people, for some reason, they find that disgusting. Just turned off. I don't, I don't know why this is or when this happened. You know, you think about that movie with John Cusack, Say Anything, where he showed up to the girl's bedroom window and he held up a boombox playing that Peter Gabriel song. What is it? In Your Eyes? Was that the song? Well, in the 80s, that worked. That got her back, didn't it? Cut to like, you know, 2019, you know. If you show up with the boombox, first of all, it's weird that you would have a boombox, but like, let's say you, let's say you got a Bluetooth speaker and you play a love song to the girl's bedroom window. I mean, her father's going to come out with a shotgun and you're dead. <laughs> The cops are going to be called, obviously. It's like we've moved away from this classic sense of romance. Uh, and that sucks for people like me, because I would be really good at it. I'd I'd be able to thrive in that romantic environment. I mean, I mean, I kind of consider myself a romantic. But I'm, I have to squish that down constantly. I have to ch- put my romance in check, because I'll scare somebody away. And that's just sad. Maybe I I ought to move to India. Starve myself with a boombox in front of my queen's door. <laughs> what would be the song I'd play? I don't know. Something to do with starvation. What about hungry eyes? One look at you and I can't disguise I got hungry eyes. Also, I'm hungry. Can someone give me a sandwich? Just trying to find some love here. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for listening to Wicked, 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 Weird AF News. I want to thank those of you who called the show, like Jay, to tell me what he thinks about blow drying the balls. <laughs> Jay thinks it's okay. Just, hey, blow dry your balls if you want to in a public place. I'm okay with it. 
Jay, you're very, very... Jay from Sacramento is a very uh, forward-thinking individual. Uh, Michael from Iowa City called because he thought I had disappeared off the face of the earth, which, uh, well, you know, I kind of was for a little while. I was definitely in a, in a weird place way out in the desert. You know, if you go... The further from humanity you go, the weirder the place is, the weirder the people get. I was in a place called Slab City. They called the people there slabbers. I was hanging with the slabbers. <laughs> These are people that are uh, decided, um, I'm going to, not only am, am I going to be off the grid, I'm going to be off the life. <laughs> I'm going to go down into the deep, deep recesses of the desert where I can't breathe and I'm going to tattoo my whole face and not pay taxes. That's what's going on down there, guys. The amount of meth down there, I, I have no idea, but my guess is it's it's seventy five percent meth is what's happening <laughs> on a scale of zero to one hundred percent, seventy five percent meth down there. Uh, but the artwork is pretty good. I got to say, if you're into weird art, definitely go down to Slab City. Also, uh, Zach, thank you so much for calling the show, Zach, and uh, you know giving me some love and then teaching me and well teaching the rest of us that. The bubonic plague didn't really come from the rats, but it came from the fleas. I didn't know that. This is very helpful. So, you know, just in case you're thinking about you want to hang out with some rats, you know, you don't have to worry about the plague, you know. It's it's the fleas, you know. <laughs> By the way, any of you read these stories in how downtown Los Angeles is having, like, typhus outbreaks because of fleas, which is where you get typhus to. It's like <laughs> medieval diseases exploding in my neighborhood, in other words. How the hell am I getting by? Anyways. Thanks for calling in. As always, you can uh, reach out 646-450-2012. I love to hear from my weirdos. Email me, funnyjones at gmail.com. See my Instagram, at funnyjones. You can uh, see some of the videos and photos that I took when I was deep in the bowels of the sand. Uh, And then uh, on Twitter, it's funnyjones. And on Facebook, it's Comedian Jonesy. Check out the Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash weirdafnews. And you could support Jonesy. Support the podcast if you believe in, uh, you know, supporting shit. Then check that out, patreon.com slash weirdafnews. Oh, tomorrow's Friday, so you know what that is. Oh, so excited. Bye. Jonesy, it's neat. I did it, man. Just like we planned. I'm inside Neil Armstrong Elementary here in Scranton, Pennsylvania. It was awesome. I went three-point land to three-point land. Nothing but belly and balls on hardwood. I slathered up with a little 10W30 quickesty and just let her rip. You should have been here. Well, I'm going to slam an eight-ounce whole milk. You know, nothing but top shelf for me. And slip on out the back. Thank you for your support. Hey, Jonesy. This is Zach. Um, been a uh, Been a listener for a minute. Uh, I wanted to call and just let you know that, uh, your show is just, it keeps improving little by little each time I listen to it. And I just wanted to give you some positive feedback, some props. Uh, I've, I've listened to almost every episode since I think early December, 2018. Um, I've got a little catching up to do, I think from a couple of months ago, but, um, it'll get done. I've got you on Spotify and my Google assistant, uh, so many comments, but I just recently listened to, I think, Tuesday's episode. You mentioned the uh, the, the weird story about the rats, and then you mentioned the, the Black Plague. And uh, I'll, I'll, something about the Black Plague, the bubonic plague, that a lot of folks don't know is that the rats really weren't the 
OG guilty party there. It was the fleas that lived on the rats. And the rats, uh, the theory was that the rats made it to Europe or Eurasia um, via the merchant ships uh, during, I'd say, mid-14th century. Uh, and it, it wiped out anywhere from 70 million to upwards of 200 million people within the span of a decade. So it was just brutal. But, yeah, it was the freaking fleas. Rats are kind of cool, uh, but they weren't guilty, though. Zombie bubonic rats are uh, – sorry, they got to go. Anywho, I love your show. You're doing great. Uh, much props, much love. I look forward to listening to your upcoming shows. See ya. Hey, Jonesy, it's Michael calling from Iowa City. Uh, you're usually posting your podcast between 2.30 and 4.30 or so every afternoon. And uh, it wasn't posted at that time yesterday. I kept checking throughout the late afternoon, early evening, and on into the night. I was beginning to get worried about you. I thought maybe you were sick or kidnapped or taken by aliens. So I was finally relieved sometime after 11 o'clock last night when your podcast posted here, 11 o'clock something central time. And then you explained that you were out into the desert all day long. So I was relieved to know that you were okay. I, I was getting worried about you. So your, your loyal weirdos do have concern and care over your, uh, your well-being, so it was good to know that you were okay. All right, I'm looking forward to today's, so just wanted you to know that we are concerned about you. Take care. Bye. Josie, this is Jay from Sacramento. Bro, you know I had to call about the blow-drying of the balls. It's just effing hilarious. <laughs> so... You say, bro, okay, number one, let me first state, I've never blow-dried my balls in my life. I've never even heard about this. I never even knew about this. And I don't even see the reason for this. Like, just tap your balls off with a towel. You know, you gotta, you ain't gotta fucking sandpaper them with the towel. Just, just tap the towel on your balls and dry them off. I mean, anyway, <laughs> I don't know, that's weird. But, saying that now, I don't see what the problem is, bro. I mean, I think this is just a, uh, a stigma that people have, which actually shouldn't be there. It makes no sense. Let me put it in perspective for you. Now, just the same as people are afraid of touching somebody that's HIV positive. I don't know if it's so rampant today, but, you know, people used to not even want people with AIDS around them. They don't want people with AIDS touching anything that they fucking touch. You know what I mean? Oh, excuse me. That they touch, and, you know, you don't want to be around a person with AIDS. You don't want to touch hug somebody with AIDS. That's all bogus, bro. AIDS virus dies immediately in the air. You know, the only way you can get AIDS from someone who has AIDS is to swap fluids with them. And, you know, it's a proven fact. You can't get AIDS from somebody by freaking shaking their hand unless you have a big cut on your hand and they have a cut on their hand. I mean, there's no way. But anyways, so, you know, you can touch somebody with AIDS, right? Now, blow dry to the ball. Where are you touching that blow dryer to your ball. Um, I really don't think you'd be doing that thing. So, uh, as one of the other people stated, it's freaking hot. So, um, the only thing touching the blow dryer, 
as long as your hand's clean out of the chances of getting out of the whatever, there should be no problem. And even then, if it ain't clean, it's the same as everybody else's hand. It's the same dirtiness or cleanliness as everybody else's hand. It's going to be no different than anybody else's hand using that to blow dry their hair. So why wouldn't you be able to blow dry your balls? You're not touching it to your balls. The air is blowing across your balls. And it's, not, it's not doing nothing. Your balls are clean. It shouldn't be a problem. I don't understand. So why shouldn't you be able to blow dry your balls? You're not touching the blow dryer to your balls. I know I keep repeating myself, but it just boggles my mind. Anyway, yeah, that's what I have to say about that. I would never do it because that's something I need to do, but I wouldn't care if somebody did it. Who cares? They're not hurting it. Okay, I'm out.